Well, let us uh, come to the uh, throne of grace in prayer. Father, again, as we open the scriptures now to consider them, we pray that you would uh, challenge our fa- faith, that we might examine ourselves, that we might take joy and hope and gladness from these simple words of narrative of an event that changed the world and the universe forever. In Jesus' name, amen. John 20 uh, is about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We didn't read it all, obviously, and I did, did not do that because uh, with the interest of time on my mind. And uh, I want us to think about this this morning. What evidence is there for the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Um, and the other thing coupled with this as we approach it we have to understand it from the disciples point of view and we'll look at that and that is that faith had disappeared Uh, total confusion in their minds and hearts as to what had actually taken place and we'll have a look at that faith had failed And the text in chapter 20 begins by saying, On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark, and she saw that the stone had been rolled away. And she assumes that somebody's taken the body. Then we get Peter and John going down, and they don't know what to make of it. has to be grave robbers, doesn't it? Because they didn't believe there was going to be a resurrection, even though the signposts, as it were, pointed to that. Even though Christ himself had told them that he must rise. They didn't believe it. And yet as we go through this, I wonder whether we believe it. And I want us to see some evidence that changed lives. And to do that, I need to give you a lesson in Greek. Forgive me for that. You don't need pen and paper. I'll explain it to you. Now, I'm going by the New King James Version. Actually, I might just open the NIV so I can look at that and... We notice that Mary went to the tomb and she saw. Now, if you have your Bibles open, in in verse 1, the word saw is there. Now, in the NIV, yes, uh, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone was rolled away. Now, the word saw uh, in the Greek is a... uh, As we're about to discover, Greek has more words than one for the word saw. (laughs) And it gets confusing. Mary went in and as she's going down the path or whatever it was, she saw the stone had been rolled away. And the Greek word is blepo, I see. Uh, I saw. 
It's a bit like us walking out the front and looking across... I've forgotten what's across the street. Is there a school oval or something? Yes. Uh, I saw children on the ground. And we observe absolutely nothing else. Or we're down by the beach and we pull up in a car park that overlooks, uh, uh, say, the, uh, the, the entrance into Port Phillip Bay. I saw water. We don't worry about the detail. That's the understanding of the word here. Mary comes down the path and saw the stone had been rolled away. She turns back and assumes the grave robbers have been in and tells Peter and John. They've taken him. Jumping to conclusions, it's that sort of sore. When we come to Christ, do we really see him? Or do we just assume, well, it must be right because the church has always taught it. Do we really know that Jesus is risen from the grave? In our own hearts. Verse 3. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple who were, who were going to the tomb. Now the other disciple is John. Uh, I can prove it for you but we won't bother with it. You can read the Gospels, you'll find out. Read Luke. Peter went out and John went with him. And they were going down to the tomb. They both ran together, but John outran Peter and came to the tomb first. I find that interesting simply because of the nature of Peter. He's the first one to step out of the boat and walk on the water and then sink. He's the first one to deny Christ at his trial. He's one of these characters that jumps in feet first, and yet he's second to the grave. Uh, Just a little side thought there. They ran down. In verse 5, John got there first and he stoops down and he looks in and saw the linen cloths lying there. Again, it's the word blepo. He just sees the stone slab but the body was lying. And he sees the bandages there, the strips of linen that, that bind the body. Doesn't think about it. Doesn't even go in. Just body's gone, must be grave robbers. Verse 6, Simon Peter came, following him, and he went into the tomb and he saw the linen cloths lying there, and verse 7, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Men... When you get undressed at the end of the day to go to bed, what do you do with your clothes? You see, when John looked in, he doesn't think. Now, when I get out, it depends on what if I'm in a suit and I take it off, I hang it up. But if I'm just in ordinary yard clothes, I've just mowed the lawn or something like that. I walk in and change. I just dump them on the floor. Okay? They just finished up in a mess on the floor. But if I take my suit off, I lay the coat out on the bed and 
dreaded that flat, and then I'll take my trousers off, hold them up, fold them so the creases are right, and I'll lie them on the bed, change into other clothes, then I'll get the coat hanger out and hang the trousers up. Peter saw the linen cloths there, but he makes an observation. And the word saw here in verse 6 is not blepo, but it's the arrow, from which we get the word theory. And we find Peter, something clicks in his mind and it registers the cloths. Now let me paint a picture for you. The practice back in these days with a dead body was that it needed to be anointed with oil. That is, uh, from the, the breast to the feet were wrapped in long strips of linen. And as they were wrapped around uh, over the top of one another, they were packed with spices and all this sort of thing, ointments and what have you. from about the breast height to the face was left bare. But then around the top of that, turban-like, uh, as an illustration, was another bandage, or called in the scriptures a handkerchief, I think it was. That was the practice. Now, if you can just imagine yourself standing at the entrance to the tomb and looking in, you see the stone, see the stone slab and you see the body lying there with the bandages of the uh, torso to the toes lying there and a few centimetres further up is another bandage lying where the head would be. When John the Baptist looked in, he just saw the cloth. He doesn't realise he drops all his clothes on the floor in a heap and an ugly mess when he gets up. Leaves his pyjamas on the floor. Peter recognises that they're still laid out exactly where the body was. See, the grave wasn't empty. There was evidence of the resurrection. Peter, the Greek word is theero, uh, which means which we get theory from. Peter sees it and he starts to think, why on earth are the clothes like that? He knows he's an untidy guy. He knows that if a body is moved by grave robbers, if they don't want the bandages on the body, they're just going to throw them in, the, in a heap somewhere, scatter them. Something registers, but he still doesn't get it. But he's thinking about it. Did you see the debate uh, Monday, last Monday night between... Uh, Cardinal George Powell and uh, our friend Richard Dawkins. The man who knew his theology wasn't the Cardinal, was it? It was Richard Dawkins. He asked George Powell about original sin and Adam and Eve. He didn't get a response. Dawkins we could apply the word the arrow here. He's thinking about it. 
But unless he sees and touches the wounds in the side of the Christ, he will not believe. And we'll come back to that. Verse 8. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also and saw and believed. And lo and behold, we've got another Greek word for the word saw. English language is not real rich, is it? It is, but it's not really. The Greek word is hararo, and it means to see with understanding and comprehension. When it comes to Christ, do we just see? Yeah, it must be right because the church teaches it. Or do we say, yeah, there must be something in it because the whole world believes, believes in one way or another that Christ was and at least existed. Maybe there is something in it, a theory. Or do we see Christ by faith and understand and comprehend that he is the Son of God and that he rose from the grave. John the Baptist saw and finally the lights came on. He believed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Turn to Luke 24, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Luke chapter 24, <coughs> just to... A few pages towards the end of um, the book of Luke. I said at the beginning that faith had disappeared. And now we find Mary didn't get it. Mary Magdalene didn't get it. Peter started to think about it but still hadn't arrived and John the Baptist all of a sudden understands why do we why do I why do I say that faith had failed <coughs> let me take you quickly through Luke 24 from verse 13 where are we with the time I got a few minutes <coughs> verse 13 now behold two of them were traveling that same day to the village called Emmaus which was seven miles from Jerusalem they talked as they talked together, all of these things which had happened, that is the whole event surrounding the trial and the crucifixion and the burial of Jesus Christ. And so it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus drew near to them and went with him. The resurrection had taken place and they're all walking along in the dust and dragging their knuckles on the ground, so to speak, and their bottom jaws on the ground. They're horrified at what's happened. But their eyes, verse 16, their eyes were restrained so they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then one of one whose name was Clopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem and you have not known the things which have happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in word and deed before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and the rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified with him. And here's the clue. Verse 21. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Verse 
Indeed, besides all of this, today is the third day since these things happened. Where's faith? They don't understand the scriptures. They don't understand what Christ has taught them. And coupled with their view of uh, um, uh, redeeming Israel would have been the the Jewish notion that uh, the kingdom of God would be established within the borders of old Israel. There'd be no more wars and all the rest of it. They, were, they, they thought King David and his son, for argument's sake, uh, the height and the, people, the peak of kingship in Israel, both of those kings were representative of the ideal king. And Israel did not even understand that the kingdom of God was a spiritual kingdom. And here they were, we were hoping that this was the one who was going to deliver us. They didn't understand that delivery came through the death of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Do we understand that deliverance comes through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Do we want to enter into eternity? Then we must understand and grasp and see, horao, that Jesus is the Son of God and that every... Everything that he said he would do, he has done. In verse 27, it says, Beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. What a Bible study. Go back to John. Faith is gone. But then Jesus moves on, and I think we read to... Verse 18. Then the same day, verse 19, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst. Understand, their hope had gone. And they feared the Jews. Their Redeemer had gone. And they felt foolish for what they had believed. They closed the doors and locked them or barred them. They closed the shutters on what we might call the windows. Lest someone come in and attack them. They're in fear. Jesus comes and stands in their midst. says, peace be with you. Immediately they didn't get it. Where did this stranger come from? We've just locked the doors and the windows. It's Christ in his resurrection glory. He just arrives, able to travel through the walls. So, you know, that's Hollywood sort of stuff, isn't it? But that's what the scripture describes for us. Christ stood there in his humanity and in his Godhead, but he had a resurrection body. He said to them in verse 9, it records there, he said, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. He appears, and apparently nobody says anything. They're not quite sure what's going on until he holds up his hands. Saw. Hurrah. 
They saw and understood what the scriptures had said. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you as the Father has sent me, so I also sent you. He breathed on and received the Holy Spirit. Then we get to the, the account of Thomas. And Thomas has become a Richard Dawkins, if I can put it that way. Thomas called the twin. One of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we've seen the Lord. And he said to them, unless I see the hands in his hands, the prints of the nails, and put my finger in the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side where the spear went, presumably, I will not believe. And isn't that what Richard Dawkins said on Monday night? Not in so many words, but he said, unless I see the nail wounds, unless I see the spear wound, I will not believe. I will trust my intellect. I will trust the experimentation and discovery of science. And science can't prove God exists. So I will not believe. We're like that. And we are Thomas. Verse 26. And after eight days his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, he doesn't wait for a response, Jesus turns it immediately to Thomas. Jesus wasn't there when Thomas made his statement, but he knows what Thomas said. He says, Peace to you all, and he turns around to Thomas and he said, Thomas, put your finger here. He lifts up his shirt, Thomas, put your finger in here. Verse 28, Peter falls to the ground. I'm not sure where that's recorded now, but it comes to mind that somewhere it's recorded. He falls to the ground and says, my Lord and my God. The question for us this morning is, why do we believe? Is it because we accept it? Do we accept it simply because the church has always taught the resurrection? Or are we a Thomas where we've got to feel and actually touch and literally see before we will believe? Or will we believe the scriptures? Jesus said to Thomas in verse 29, Thomas, because you have seen me and believed, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Verse 31, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Do you have life in the name of Jesus Christ? Amen.